I can hear you now. I think. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Bam, it works. There we uh, go. Okay. So how are you guys doing? Well. Well. Yeah. <laughs> the, the world is a little crazy, isn't it? Yeah, this period. To say the least? Actually. I mean, 2020, you just cannot call it. It is nothing like any previous year. <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. Um, I wanted to have uh, you on... Is it Corolla? Am I pronouncing it right if I say Corolla? Dice bene se dice Carola. Cioè, come ha detto no. Carola. Carola. Carola, okay. Um, I wanted to have you on because before 20, 2019 World Championships, um, I think a lot of people did not see you coming. And after the World Championships, everybody's like, what is her story? So I had people messaging me saying, you have to have Carola on the, the podcast to talk about, you know, her story and where she came from here. So I'm glad she's on right now. I guess um, I'll, I'll let you interpret. If you, if you want to, I'll give you time to tell her what I'm saying. How good, yeah. is, how good is her English? Her English, you mean? Yeah. Dice, com'è il tuo inglese? Dice che io cioè, capisco, eh, capisco abbastanza, ma non so parlare. I understand, but I have uh, uh, very difficult to, to speak. Ah, got you. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's easier to hear someone and know what they're saying than it is to find the word yourself. Yeah. Right. I'm the same way. When In Canada, we're French and English. We're mostly English, but obviously Quebec is French. So we all learn French in school. But when I um, so if I hear someone talking French, if they talk slow and I hear the words, I'm like, I think I know what that word means and I can piece it together. But if I try to find the words myself, I'm like, man, it's really hard. It's hard. I'm like stumbling. I'm like, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. But um, yeah, so in Italy, how big is powerlifting? What are the major sports in Italy? The most popular sports. Dice com'è il powerlifting in Italia, quanto è grande, quali sono gli sport principali? Allora, lo sport principale è sicuramente il calcio qui in Italia, è lo sport diciamo nazionale e il powerlifting è cresciuto tantissimo negli ultimi due o tre anni, e però comunque resta uno sport molto molto piccolo e molto poco conosciuto. We have uh, soccer here above any other sport. Oh, yeah. And powerlifting is, um, it's been growing up in the last two, three years now. And it's kind of big now. It's yeah. kind of big. Um, I was in Italy doing a, the Guinness World Record show was being filmed in Italy in 2014. And um, I was on that show and they had... Why? It, uh, so I was doing a world record squatting a bleacher full of people. It was a bleacher full of cheerleaders. It was crazy. <laughs> Man, it was so crazy. Um, I, I remember I was backstage. It's almost like the reverse of what's happening now. Everybody obviously on the show spoke Italian. And um, I don't know Italian at all. And they had an earpiece in my ear. And um, I had a translator in like the production booth. And he was going to tell me what the host and what everybody was saying in English in my earpiece. So I'm backstage and they're going to bring me on stage 
and I'm going to squat a bleacher full of people, I think I have to do four reps. And if I hit all four reps, it's a Guinness World Record. If I don't, it's not a record. And it has to be to depth. So it's not even like you do it, you do a good job. It's either you do it or you fail. Like, that's it. And they have millions of people watching this show. So I'm like, all right, this is amazing. Fly me out to Italy. You know, it's a great time. Hafthor Bjornsson's there. Zadruna Savikas is there. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be amazing. So I get there and my friend, I am so scared. Like when I'm there, I'm like, holy shit, if I can't do this and everybody's watching. So I'm backstage and there's a massive screen. Like, I mean, like 40 foot TV screen, like a big screen. And they're showing footage of me um, doing strongman feats of strength, like flipping cars, pulling planes, stuff like that. And then, and I can hear it and the sound is like reverberating through my chest and my heart is beating through my chest. And I'm like, holy shit. And I don't know what the, the host is saying because it's all in Italian. And the guy in my ear is like, all right, two minutes, get ready. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. And then I hear the, I just hear the host go, six pack lapidot. And then the screen goes, doo, 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 and opens up. And I'm like, uh. And I put my arms out, the crowd starts cheering, and I'm like, oh my god. So I'm talking to the TV host, and I got this little earpiece in my ear, and he's talking in Italian, and I don't know what the hell he's saying. And the, and, and, and the, uh, the guy in my ear, he's talking, but he's talking to me like I'm ta- like, like just like I'm right beside him. There's like a crowd there cheering and my heart's beating through my chest. I'm like, I can't hear what this guy's saying. I'm just going to start talking. And I got no idea if I make any sense at all, man. It was great. It was wild. It was so wild. Something to remember for sure. Something to remember. Oh, man. Um, yeah. I ended up getting the, the Guinness World Record, but it was like, it was so stressful. It had so much anxiety. So you didn't get it? I did get it. Yeah, I got it. Do you remember the name of the um uh, was you know leading the the night the, the the show? Oh yeah, um, I have the video. I can send it to you. He's an, <laughs> okay. He's an older guy. I don't know if he's famous in Italy or whatnot. He he seems tall. Yes, he was taller than me. Big dude. Okay, so big, big man. Yeah, pretty big. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Scott. Is you guys know him? Yeah, it's a little, um, quite famous. Quite famous. Really? Famous. Oh no, shit! See, I didn't even know. I'm glad I didn't know. I would have been more scared than I already was. <laughs> Some, sometimes it's better not to even know. Just walk in there and be like, okay. I knew it was big when I seen like half Thor Bjornsson from Game of Thrones and World's Strongest Man and Zadrunas. I'm like, oh no. This is, <laughs> this, is, this is a little bigger than I anticipated. Yeah, that was some scary stuff. I forget what the show was called. Do you guys know that show, the Guinness World Record show? Yeah. Okay. It's not very famous, but people look at it. Yeah, because it is Guinness World Records. Uh, yeah. So when did, because there's soccer, oh, I was going to say also, I, when I was in Italy doing that show, um, the World Cup was on. And when you said soccer, I'm like, I, okay, in North America, soccer or football is big, but it's not like, it's not the biggest sport. You know, we have, 
like American football, baseball, hockey, basketball, but soccer, soccer's a big one, but it's not massive. And we hear in North America, soccer's a big global sport. We hear that. I was in Italy when the World Cup was on. My friend, holy smokes. Every single restaurant, every yeah. bar, everywhere I went, the, the games were on yeah, and yeah. people were talking about it. And I got into, I'm not even that into soccer. You can't help but get into it when it's all around you. And you're like, how are we doing? I'm not even Italian, man. I'm like, how are we doing? How are we doing, guys? Because, like, you know, you get into it. It's really, it's crazy because people fight and uh, since ever, ever. Sì, sì, dice che insomma è molto famoso, ha detto in ogni ristorante, dappertutto quando è stato qua c'era il, il campionato del mondo. Growing up, what sports did uh, Carola play? Che sport hai fatto da piccolo? Eh, io ho fatto ginnastica artistica per, eh, per dieci anni. Ten years gymnastics. Oh wow, no kidding. Yeah. How... No. How... <laughs> No, no kidding. No kidding? No kidding. Um, how, how good at gymnastics was she? Can she still do things like backflips and stuff like a ninja? Come, come eri a ginnastica? Riesci ancora a fare backflip e roba varia? Eh, fino a un paio d'anni fa più o meno ci ho provato, fin tanto che andavo all'università ho, ho fatto qualcosa, però molto arrugginita. Uh, until two years ago? Uh, university because she she has a sports degree mm. here in Italy she tried out something and she managed but now mm. no <laughs> so, not now so she did it right up until two years ago something something trying something not not training not training. okay 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 gotcha and then as a kid they had a course and exam for oh, gymnastics gotcha. and other sports like judo and soccer okay. to athletics and when she was growing up so what sports did she watch and did she have like any kind of sports idols that she looked up to growing up chiedese crescendo avevi qualche idolo nello sport di quale sport eh, allora, fin tanto che ho fatto ginnastica, o comunque sono sempre, appassionata, sono sempre stata appassionata di ginnastica, e un, diciamo, un idolo in, qui in Italia era Vanessa Ferrari, che è stata la prima ginnasta italiana a vincere i mondiali, mentre, mh, e poi diciamo, all'estero eh, mi piaceva moltissimo Na, Nastia Lukin, che era sempre una, una ginnasta americana che ha vinto diverse volte le Olimpiadi. So, all gymnastics... Uh, Vanessa Ferrari, for example, who has been the first Italian to win the world championship, and uh, Nastia Lukin. Nastia Lukin was an American uh, uh, gymnastic, gymnastic, gymnastic. So it, it was gymnastic uh, athletes that she looked up to when she was a kid. Penso di sì. You you mean those those were her idols. Athletes, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No kidding. So that's what she always wanted to be. So when she was younger, was she lifting weights at all? Or did she even think about in terms of weightlifting? Was that at all something she was interested in? 
facevi, facevi pesi o pensavi comunque di fare pesi, conoscevi l'ambiente dei pesi da più piccola? No, assolutamente, non, non avevo idea di cosa fosse il powerlifting e neanche diciamo, il sollevamento pesi, sì, era un, comunque il sollevamento olimpico era comunque più famoso, ma non, non lo conoscevo, non, avevo, non ero appassionata, ecco, l'ho conosciuto più tardi, intorno ai 18 anni. She didn't know weightlifting and powerlifting, um, but she used to do uh, strength uh, tests in the gym mm-hmm. for gymnastics. And uh, every time she was, uh, she was over 10 push-ups, uh, which is a lot for uh, 6-10 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, isn't it wild that... You know, you when you're younger, you think you want a certain path in life. So when she was younger, she's thinking, I want to do gymnastics. And she has, when she looks up to people, it's these gymnastic stars and world champions. And that's what you picture. And she would have no idea there's a sport called powerlifting and she'd be the best in the world at it. Mm. That's crazy. Eh, what? Se immagina la cosa che tu eri piccola e comunque volevi fare ginnastica e poi alla fine invece sei diventata una delle migliori al mondo nel powerlifting sì, che è uno sport che non conoscevi racconta di un aneddoto che praticamente ehm, su quei quaderni diciamo delle medie dove scrivevi il tuo sogno qual era io avevo scritto che volevo vincere i mondiali di ginnastica artistica e invece poi ho vinto altri mondiali uh, she she used to to, to dream to, to win the world championships in gymnastics yeah. And she also wrote on the, you know, uh, uh, Not looking, yeah, bucket list, what yeah. to do with dreams, yeah, when yeah. she was uh, yeah, very young, when she was a kid. It's so weird that, um, I mean, it's the same drive, but because powerlifting is so different than gymnastics, obviously, so she would have absolutely no idea what was no. coming. How, how did she end up, when did she start lifting weights then? Quando hai cominciato a far pesi? Allora io ho cominciato a 16 anni nel 2010 a fare soltanto panca e poi nel 2015 a fare powerlifting completo. She started at 16, 10 uh, years ago, 10 anni fa. Hey, hey, you should know how old she is, man. <laughs> you should know how old she is, man. <laughs> hey, man. Dovrei sapere quanti anni hai. <laughs> um, uh, bench pressing only for okay. five, six years and then powerlifting. In But her father was a bodybuilder. So, and, and her brother is, you know, is strong as fuck. Really? <laughs> bench press, yeah. <laughs> only bench press. So, when she was growing up, was there a lot of, is there a lot of women that were weightlifting when she was growing up in Italy? Dice se c'erano, se ci sono state tante ragazze, donne a fare pesi eh, quando sei cresciuta, insomma crescendo hai visto tante ragazze fare pesi? Eh, bodybuilding o fare pesi normali? Lifting weights ha detto, quindi... Mm, beh, allora, ma intende quando ho cominciato a fare powerlifting o prima? No, diciamo da sempre, no? Hai, hai visto, credo che ti stia chiedendo se hai visto qualche differenza poi nel ah, okay. tempo. Allora, quando ho cominciato, vabbè, prima che cominciassi a fare powerlifting, eh, frequentavo, cioè non le frequentavo le palestre perché poi 
mio padre faceva il bodybuilder però in realtà è venuto a mancare molto presto quindi ero piccola e poi quando ho cominciato in realtà di ragazze ce n'erano pochissime e quindi parliamo di cinque anni fa e invece poi andando avanti quindi come ho detto negli ultimi due o tre anni sono aumentate tantissimo eh, basta pensare che la prima gara che ho fatto nel 2015 nella mia categoria eravamo 15 più o meno e invece eh, nell'ultimo anno credo eravamo 40, mm. una cosa del genere. So no gyms, no lifting weights growing up, even if her father was a bodybuilder, but unfortunately he died uh, 12 years ago. Nel 2006, 20 anni. Yeah, 2006. And nothing but no girls, no women lifting weights, not that much until two, three years ago. Hmm. Uh, in 2015, she was uh, competing at her first national championship in which there were 15 people. Now we have uh, qualifications and 40 people at the, the, the finals. So, mm. yeah, a lot of people. It's changed. 1,000 people, 2,000 people. Quanta gente c'è ai trials? Eh, tanti. Between 1,000 and 2,000 people yeah. for qualifications wow. every year. So a lot for us, a lot of people. Yeah, parallel things growing in Italy. Yeah. yeah. So when she was growing up, she's seen her dad as a bodybuilder and very muscular. So it gave an impression on her, even if he wasn't. So she started lifting after he had already passed, right? Yeah. But the impression was there growing up. Like, did she want to be, when she first started weightlifting, what was her, her motivation? Was it for looks? Was it to be strong? What, why did she start weightlifting? Hai capito? Più o meno, hai detto quella mia Ti ha chiesto qual è stata, qua perché hai cominciato, qual è stata la tua motivazione? Era per essere più forte, per apparire, quindi esteticamente meglio, per apparire esteticamente meglio, qual è stata la motivazione? Beh, allora, quando ho iniziato a fare powerlifting, in realtà il completo eh, ho iniziato perché di panca comunque ero abbastanza forte, eh, volevo, diciamo, gareggiare a livello internazionale, ma in Italia, diciamo, la la nazionale italiana non partecipava alle gare internazionali soltanto per le gare di panca e quindi ho deciso di... Uh, provare a fare anche squat e stacco però credo che lui ti abbia chiesto proprio quando hai cominciato a fare pesi mm. la prima volta, perché hai cominciato? beh no, in realtà è stata abbastanza casuale cioè non ho iniziato per diventare più forte o per avere eh, un riscontro sul mio fisico ma perché avevo lasciato ginnastica e cercavo un altro sport in cui poter essere competitiva so she left gymnastics and she was searching for something to do in which she could be competitive. Mm. And she just said, let's try it out. <laughs> let's try it <laughs> let's, let's see what happens. So when she started weightlifting, who, who was teaching her how to, do the, how to do the bench press, how to do the lifts, and how did she like get it rolling? How did she get what? How did she get it started, so to speak? Like, Because you could start weightlifting, but if you don't really know the technique, you don't know how to train in terms of programming your training, you know, how did she, how did she get the ball rolling on her end? Who was, who was guiding her in that point? Chi, chi ti ha instradato all'inizio, ti chiede? Allora... Come hai cominciato a fare panca? 
quando ho cominciato a fare banca eh, sono, diciamo, mi sono cominciata ad allenare in una palestra in cui c'erano un gruppo di persone che facevano banca, diciamo a livello amatoriale nel senso che non gareggiavano eh, in gare importanti, facevano soltanto delle gare a livello locale, e, però avevano sicuramente una grande passione per, um, per questa alzata. E poi più tardi, quando invece ho scoperto il powerlifting, quasi subito sono cominciata, mi, mi ha cominciato a seguire il mio allenatore attuale, che è eh, Antonio, Antonio Contenta, e che è diciamo, uno dei, dei preparatori, uno dei, degli allenatori eh, più importanti in Italia, comunque più, più all'avanguardia in Italia, ecco. She started out in that gym in which we met and in which her brother trains mm. now. Yeah. And uh, they had a coach used to do, they do, actually do local meets, small competition, mm. nothing, nothing big. And then when she started out with, uh, with powerlifting, so squat, bench and deadlift, she, she met my coach, who now is her coach too. So mm. And who is that? Antonio, Antonio Contenta. Gotcha. In, in, in terms of, you know, I had um, Pena, who's a coach in France on um, the last podcast, and he was talking about how You know, it, it, with a lot of nations that speak English, it's easier to transfer information and share information. Like if you writing programs and you have a big breakthrough with your writing with programs, you'll be like, wow, this really works. You put it out there on social media, if it's a video, if it's a blog, and everybody else reads it and shares this information very, very quickly because of social media. Um, and he was saying how when they were in France, it was like a barrier because so many people didn't speak English. So the information wasn't coming into France. So they were a little behind, they felt. And um, he could speak English. So he started taking these virtual classrooms where you go online and you learn about powerlifting and you learn how to program and all the different parts of like writing programming um, and the different lifts, etc. And he said when he took that information and brought it back to France, The level of powerlifting in France just went boom. And now we see right. a lot yeah. of a lot of women in France now, very competitive. Yeah. Um, did you guys see that in Italy as well, where there was a bit of a barrier where it's like there's a lot of information being shared. All these top coaches around the world are sharing information, but it's all in English. And and there's a bit of a barrier there where you're like, ah, we got we gotta get ourselves into this. Mm, adesso ha fatto l'esempio del hai capito, no? della Francia mm -hmm. e ha detto del fatto della barriera linguistica sì, che l'allenatore francese programmi esatto. e ci ha chiesto se in Italia è più o meno così cioè se noi abbiamo questo problema col, con l'inglese beh io direi in realtà non particolarmente perché comunque eh, diciamo alla fine a leggerlo l'inglese se hai un minimo di conoscenza riesci e comunque anche per esempio il nostro allenatore si è formato praticamente con, con tutte le informazioni che ci sono certo. in rete, eh, Norvegia, Russia, America, eh, eccetera. Quindi. We would say no, because at the beginning uh, there was the West Side and the Russians, so on the blogs in 2010, 25, all the people were on those blogs 
talking about powerlifting, mainly West Side methods and Russians. Mm. Now, and, and we don't have that kind of problem because, you know, you can read English and quite uh, well understand. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. Wasn't a barrier then, really? No, not that much. Not that much. And, um, che altro poi? Mm, niente, che quindi diciamo che anche il nostro allenatore si è formato così, poi fa anche programmi molti della Norvegia eh, negli ultimi anni. So a lot of people uh, also uh, took from the, the Norwegians mm. and all that stuff here in Europe, which has been really important in the last 10 years in equipped powerlifting because we have a larger culture in equipped powerlifting. Yeah. That's in classic and we're trying to go beyond in classic powerlifting too now. Right. Um, so when, what year was it when she started powerlifting? Che anno era quando hai cominciato? 2015. 2015, that's right. So who was around when she first started powerlifting? Was there, who were the people that were around that she looked up to that she started following to give her inspiration and motivation? Quando hai cominciato, chi c'era in giro? Chi, chi hai cominciato a seguire sui social? Pure per, diciamo, chi, chi ti ispirava motivazione, insomma. Um, ho conosciuto molto presto Jennifer Thompson, perché comunque era, diciamo, la, la più forte della mia categoria. Diciamo, tuttora è colei che nel, nel powerlifting row comunque ha fatto la, la storia della mia categoria. Poi io, essendo comunque, mh, essendo la mia alzata forte, la la panca, diciamo, ho sempre visto i suoi record come, eh, diciamo, un obiettivo, se vogliamo, comunque un qualcosa a cui voler arrivare. E poi era già mh, molto, molto conosciuta la Solo Viova e, e Anna Rosa Castellani, quindi diciamo sono state le mie tre, ehm, diciamo, donne che ho, che ho sempre seguito, che, che da sempre ho visto, ecco. Yeah, I think you got uh, Jen Thompson. Yeah, <laughs> heard for that. The bench press uh, record, which is a main goal in the career. Yeah, and also Larissa Soloviova in equipped powerlifting. Don't know if you. I recognize the name, but I'm not as nearly as into equipped powerlifting myself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I do recognize. And, uh, Ana Rosa Castellani, right. the Brazilian legend. Was there, was there a lot of Italians on the world scene at the time that she might be looking up to? Or was she looking beyond Italy at that point? And there wasn't a lot of Italian powerlifters that she was looking up to at the time. Chiede se al tempo c'era qualcuno in Italia che cercavi di, di battere o comunque a cui miravi, diciamo. Beh, allora diciamo che quel fatto che ho cominciato con il powerlifting row in realtà in Italia non c'era nessuno di, di forte, cioè basta pensare che alla prima gara che ho fatto ho vinto, quindi in realtà non c'erano persone forti, e perché appunto in Italia era fino a quel momento più diciamo, diffuso il powerlifting Equiped. e per quanto riguarda il powerlifting equiped la, la più forte che tra l'altro è anche lei della mia categoria è Antonietta Orsini che è diciamo anche l'atleta più forte eh, italiana diciamo nella storia del, del powerlifting italiano ok so at that time there was 
almost nobody in classic powerlifting in 2015. Hmm. Um, she started with classic powerlifting, so we're talking about that. She won her, her, her first national championship, so nothing to look at in Italy, but yeah, low level. And low level. Uh, we have a, an Hall of Famer in equipped powerlifting, who is Antonietta Orsini, Cinque Volte World Games. Mm, sì, five, five World Games. Holy moly, <laughs> wow! <laughs> so there's a legend. Yeah. There's a legend. Yeah. So she started classic. Did she ever use equipment and go into equipped powerlifting? You mean if she has ever tried out equipment? Right, yeah. Was she competing in equipped or trained in equipment before or has she always been classic? Yeah, she did uh, two times a silver medal at Worlds in 2018 and 2019. Okay, in yeah. 63. Really? So did she, how does she find the equipment and what does she like better between, because there's, there's not a lot of lifters who do both, right? Yeah. So is it, it, what does she, does she enjoy the equipment? Um, does she want to do both from here on out or does she think she's going to stay with one over the other? Che ne pensi dell'attrezzato se vuoi... Perché, insomma, dice, eh, non, è, non è banale fare entrambi. Mm -hmm. Che cosa pensi di fare? Come hai cominciato? Perché hai cominciato se pensi di tenerne uno piuttosto mm -hmm. che l'altro? Okay. Allora, io ho cominciato prima il, il Classic e poi, in realtà, soltanto due anni fa ho cominciato l'Equiped sostanzialmente perché in Italia c'è una grande cultura del powerlifting Equiped perché la mia squadra, principalmente... Ehm, mm a persone che atleti che gareggiano nel powerlifting attrezzato e diciamo che um, punterò a fare i World Games attrezzati che ci sarebbero dovuti essere il prossimo anno, invece sono stati rimandati al 2022, dopo quel momento vedrò, vedrò un attimo come si mette la situazione, eh, è probabile che continuerò di più sul powerlifting raw, però non lo so con certezza. So she started with our team, which is a, an equipped team, mm -hmm. as I told you before. And uh, she's now aiming, we're aiming to the World Games uh, for when, when it will be. We don't know. But right, yeah. And uh, until that moment, she will do both. And then we'll see. After that. Um, is it, does it... Does one help the other or does it take away from the other? If you're trying to do both at the same time, you know what I mean? Does it complement each other to be in the equipment? Because I've heard, I've heard some people say lifting equipment won't help your raw total, like your classic. It won't hurt it, but it won't help it. I've heard some people say it will hurt it a little because it feels different once you come out of it. If you get used to how the suits feel, etc. And then I've heard other people say it helps it. Because you have so much more weight on your back, weight on your hands, that your nervous system gets acclimatized to the extra weight. So when you come out of the gear and you have way less weight on your back and in your hands, it feels lighter and it, and it helps. So I've heard different from different people when I ask, right? How does she find? Does she think it helps, doesn't necessarily matter, or makes it harder? 
Hai capito bene o male, ti ha chiesto se pensi che le due cose possano convivere, che cosa ti può dare l'attrezzato sul RO, che cosa ti può togliere, perché ha detto che ha sentito diversi punti di vista, tra cui chi ti dice che mettere l'attrezzatura ti diciamo, abitua il tuo sistema nervoso a, a tollerare dei carichi che il RO poi non, non ci sono e quindi magari un po'... Allora, mh, praticarli entrambi, quindi eh, avere in programma durante l'anno delle gare sia... Roche attrezzate è molto impegnativo perché comunque ti fa fare delle rinunce da entrambe le parti cioè per esempio io quest'anno ho potuto fare ho dovuto fare entrambi i mondiali eh, Roe attrezzato ma ho dovuto rinunciare agli europei quindi diciamo anche dal punto di vista dei record hai meno possibilità perché devi fare delle gare in meno e, ed è pesante a livello di preparazione sicuramente Dall'altra parte devo dire che alternare le due preparazioni che comunque sono diverse eh, dal punto di vista dell'allenamento, dal punto di vista metodologico e credo che mi abbia dato in realtà dei benefici eh, su su entrambi. Ok, so you gotta choose between the competitions when you do both because you have Europeans, you have Worlds, you have national competitions, so you have to choose and you cannot do everything. Mm. So you have to choose and you have less chances to break records, you know? You have to do worlds for sure. You have to do national competition because in Italy it works like this. You have to do unless you you do not go ah, abroad. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And um so um For, per quanto riguardava la, la preparazione invece me l'avevi detto? Che, uh, che penso che mi abbia dato in realtà dei benefici alternare le due preparazioni diverse durante l'anno so she got benefits from alternating classic and equipped mm. ma da che punto di vista però? Eh, perché diciamo nel, nel powerlifting row diciamo, c'è una preparazione, se vogliamo tradurla molto semplicemente, molto più a livello muscolare, invece nel powerlifting attrezzato molto più a livello eh, nervoso, quindi è come se alternarsi queste due preparazioni ti dà dei feedback um, comunque diversi, da delle, dei stimoli diversi che poi ti, fanno, ti, ti danno dei benefici. So she found it useful to alternate the two because of the uh, different feedbacks you have from classic lifting which is a lot more uh, muscle and conditioning and equipped is like you said a lot more nervous system right so right. alternating the two is something she found useful but uh, yeah apparently it helps right <laughs> the results <laughs> would suggest <laughs> results would suggest it helps Uh, what was, did, did she notice the difference when she shows up at the world championships for equipped or the world championships with classic? Because it is different people often, right? And it's different. Classic is a lot bigger in North America. In North America, the class or sorry, uh, equipped in North America is very small. Uh, there, there's not like the Canadian nationals, for instance, in U.S. nationals, you show up and there's not many people lifting against you. Um, so when you show up at the world championships, it's different people, you know, at the world classics and some of the people from, for instance, the U S have massive social media. And so when you show up at the classic world championships, you'll have like social media stars, right? And there's a lot of attention like that. 
When you show up at the World Championships and it's equipped, there isn't as many of those social media stars necessarily. Does she feel, does it feel a little bit different showing up at the World Championships Classic than the World Championships equipped when it's different people there, possibly different amount of coverage and different amount of pressures or does she just not notice it's the same every time? Ah, questa è una domanda, una bella domanda, ha detto per esempio in Nord America la differenza tra Raw e l'attrezzato è che c'è molto più Raw che attrezzato mm. e ci sono dei personaggi del Raw che sono mediaticamente molto esposti, mm. proprio tanto tanto esposti e invece poi nelle gare attrezzate si ha in negli Stati Uniti che in Canada uh, c'è poca gente uh-huh. e comunque non è che siano degli influencer uh-huh. e ti chiede se poi andando al mondiale tu ti ritrovi questa cosa hai avuto questa sensazione uh-huh. che nell'ambiente dell'attrezzato ci sia meno uh, sì. risonanza mediatica e se questa cosa ti fa delle differenze in termini di ansia in uh-huh. termini di, di come la vivi allora sì, sicuramente questa cosa si nota, si nota tantissimo anche eh, fisicamente quando partecipi ai due mondiali e mh, la cosa che ho notato è che nel, nelle, nei, mondiali del, mh, nei mondiali attrezzati magari c'è più pubblico, proprio più spettatori, però c'è molta meno risonanza mediatica, quindi come, come hai detto tu. E, mh, mentre nel powerlifting, nel mondiale RAW, c'era, c'era molto più lavoro a livello di eh, interviste, a livello di eh, video, poi anche successivi sui social, quindi ha molta, molta più risonanza, e, però magari lì presenti era un po' meno coinvolgente proprio la situazione a livello di spettatori. E, per quanto riguarda me stessa, io ho diciamo, eh, subito molto di più l'attenzione della, della preparazione per il Mondiale Raw, su questa cosa perché comunque ci puntavo moltissimo e sapevo di poter fare bene e sapevo che poi questa cosa mi avrebbe dato eh, visibilità, diciamo, molta più visibilità. Ok, quindi ehm, la risposta è sì, hai notato questa differenza sì. nei social media? Sì, 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 l'ho notato molto. So she noticed this difference in social media, but uh, the pressure was a lot higher for classic worlds because that was a competition she was aiming for since ever since ever since really and yeah yeah but physically at equip worlds there were mm, more people more crowd than classic worlds oh having been there having been there we mm. can say that twice two times yeah. and uh, uh, che altro io però poi dire? anche nei giorni successivi i powerlifting i mondiali attrezzati finiscono lì mm. mentre i mondiali loro praticamente continuano per mesi so uh, equip worlds and when the competition ends classic worlds uh, they start a lot before and end a lot after the competition because of the social media and all, all the stuff all the people right Hosting and yeah, it's almost like I get what you mean. Where for the equip worlds, if there's not as much social media attention, you show up, you lift, you shake hands, it's over. But yeah. when <laughs> right when when it's equip worlds or sorry classic worlds, um, we have like I know King of the Lifts, we hype it up going into it, 
We do preview shows, talking about who to watch out for. Um, we do predictions, who we think's going to win. You have people talking about the different showdowns that are going to happen. When you get there, everyone's like, oh, there's there's Corolla Gara. There's Sam Calhoun. There's Leah Bavois. And like people know because of the social media. So when you show up, everyone already knows who you are, even if they're not in your weight class. And, and it'll probably feel different. And then after it's done, people are talking. It, it's not you just shake hands and go. We do like not just myself, but other podcasts as well do like recaps and talk about what happened, have people on the podcast, talk about what happened. And yeah, it's a whole lot different. Interviews, the whole night. Yeah, it's a whole lot different. Um, What would she say she prefers? Does she like showing up, lifting, shaking hands and leaving like an equipped and it's it's just a sport and it's just for the moment? Or does she like showing up and it feels like media and it feels like everyone's, you know, everyone already has their picks. Everyone knows each other's background stories. And then when she leaves, everyone's going to be analyzing it and talking about it. Um, does she, which one does she prefer? I would say the first, but let's. <laughs> let's see. Dice, quale preferisci lo stile del mondiale attrezzato in cui vai, fai la gara, premiazione e basta, mm-hmm. oppure okay. preferisci lo stile del Mondiale Ero in cui c'è tutte le interviste, le cose, la risonanza mediatica, conoscere le storie della gente da, dai social media? Beh, allora, una bella domanda in realtà, hanno probabilmente degli aspetti positivi entrambi, diciamo nel powerlifting attrezzato la situazione è sì, diciamo più tranquilla da questo punto di vista, hai meno ansia, eh, c'è molta meno preoccupazione anche di quello che, che si vede, insomma, delle possibili domande, interviste, eccetera. Però la situazione che invece si crea nel powerlifting row, diciamo, è un po' più coinvolgente, se vogliamo, no? Cioè, ti, ti fa comunque conoscere anche più approfonditamente magari delle persone, eh, ti fa creare magari anche più aspettative, perché comunque conosci di più i tuoi avversari e... Quale preferisci? Diciamo quindi? che preferisco probabilmente quella, quella del Ro. Quella del Ro. So I was wrong. <laughs> oh, my man, you're not doing good. You're not doing Because you got her age wrong last time. Dog. You're going to have to buy her flowers after this, man. You got to stop <laughs> guessing. <laughs> I got, I got. Uh, she prefers the, the Ro, the classic mood, let's say. Because she likes the, the, the drama and all the stories, like you said. Right. Even if mm, the equipped world's way is not that bad because you, you have that uh, ancient feeling like uh, uh, so- Soviet Union and uh, yeah. you, you have Russians and uh, you have Ukrainians and all, all the people... In yeah. different places in, in the in the room, uh, warming up and it's something different, just something different. But let's say she likes most the the classic world's mood. It's um because it's funny because like when you go to the classic worlds and there's a lot of attention on it, there there's more pressure for sure. 
And, and you're going to feel the pressure like the week of or the night before. You feel that like anxiety, like, oh man, it's about to happen. But if you're, you, you realize, so like if you're a fan watching, if there's, if there's little girls in Italy watching this, you want to know about like Corolla. You want to know about Sam Calhoun. You want to know about Leah. Like, let's hear their stories. I'll care more, right? So, and you know this, like as a fan watching you just don't want someone to come on the platform and leave. You're like, what's their story? And then when you hear their story, you're like, I, you might identify with some of these stories. You yeah. might take inspiration. And, um, and it means more. And then here's the kicker. If there's like three or four of these girls all in the same division and you actually like all three or four, you love their stories. They're all different though. But they each have a storyline that you like. Then and there can only be one who wins, and that makes the drama. Where you're like, oh shit, who's it gonna be? You know what I mean? And, and it's it's difficult when you're the athletes because it can create pressure. You don't want to let anybody down, and you realize some people might be looking up to you, and you're like, oh man, this is it's a little tougher. But on the same time, it's like a necessary evil. I don't know if you guys have that expression, but it's like it's yeah. gotta it's gotta be done. Otherwise, the sport doesn't grow unless we have that. Basically, right? Is, is lui, dice, lui dice, insomma, ci sono tre o quattro ragazze, eh, ci sei tu, c'è lì, eh, mm-hmm. eh, ognuna con una storia che comunque è, da un certo punto di vista, normale mm-hmm. e che ti fa appassionare, no? Cioè, ti appassioni alle loro storie e ti ci, ti ci rivedi, ti mm-hmm. ci rivedi dentro. E secondo lui, insomma, questo è, da una parte ti dà più pressione, sì. Sia nel dover andare a gareggiare che nel vivere la preparazione. Mm-hmm. Ed è un male necessario, come dice lui. Mm-hmm. E dall'altro lato, però, è anche la cosa che fa crescere lo sport. Nel senso sì. che la gente che si appassiona allo sport... Si appassiona eh, questo. E poi è quello che, che, che fa andare... Che, insomma, che ti crea il ricambio generazionale. Sì, no, infatti io la vedo come una cosa positiva. Cioè, tutto questo... Um... Tutto questo che c'è intorno al powerlifting raw è una cosa positiva per il powerlifting in, in, in generale, cioè alla fine anche in Italia è cresciuto molto perché è, diciamo, è diventato più famoso sui social, sono diventate più conosciute le persone, cioè le, le persone si sono fatte conoscere se vogliamo e quindi senza social sicuramente non sarebbe, non sarebbe cresciuto in questo modo. Da atleta ti dico anche che per quanto riguarda le, le preparazioni è comunque stimolante vedere eh, la tua avversaria che, che, mette, che pubblica quell'allenamento piuttosto che un altro, quindi che sia Lia, che sia ehm, Samantha Calun, eh, insomma nel mio caso è comunque una cosa stimolante, invece nel powerlifting attrezzato questo non esiste, la mia avversaria più diretta diciamo in questo momento è eh, la lista solo viola che però appunto non, non usa molto i social quindi in realtà non sai quello che fa fin tanto che non sei in gara ok so perfectly agree with everything and we have to say that powerlifting has, you know, has grown up like business with classic and uh, it's really uh, it, it, it fires you up when you see uh, You see Sam, you see Leah, uh, and all the other girls uh, posting their their stuff, their kilos, <laughs> and uh, she she gets fired up for for the preparation for the competitions, and this is not happening for uh, for equip because 
uh, only come si dice ma non mi viene competitor sì uh, only competitor now is uh, Larissa Soloviova but she's not so social right on social media yeah 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 not, for sure she's not it's it's so you, you do not know what happens until you're there and you see and it doesn't I mean it, it with any sport really it doesn't matter the sport I've sat down I could watch like a soccer game or I've had people sit down and we're gonna watch like a boxing match or whatever and if you just watch it on the surface okay it's it's fun whatever but if you sit down and I tell you the stories behind them let me tell you that if, if it's a boxing match and I'm like let me tell you the story of this guy and it's a gripping story and you're like oh wow you know where he came from what he had to overcome etc and you're like oh my god I hope he wins and then I'm like oh yeah. really well let me tell you about the guy he's fighting and I tell you his story and it's just as good now you don't even know who you're cheering for now you're like oh my god this I love both of them now and you're like I don't know who I want to win and you're just sitting back along for the ride makes a difference as opposed yeah. to let me just sit down and watch and when it comes to powerlifting we're kind of just working out in front of people we're just lifting weights in front yeah. of people right like it's yeah. not nel powerlifting te stai solo allenato davanti all'altra gente no so so you really do need those storylines so i think that's why social media it's it makes it difficult but it is a part of it right doing these interviews and posting yeah. um leading into sweden leading into the world championships 2019 did she feel like the rest of the world didn't really realize what she was bringing to the table and what she was bringing to the to the competition dice se preparandoti per il mondiale pensassi cioè, tu pensavi che alla fine il mondo non sapesse effettivamente chi eri e che cosa potevi portare? Ah, sì, assolutamente, assolutamente. Alla fine io avevo fatto soltanto due gare internazionali precedenti a quella che erano degli europei junior, quindi in realtà delle gare che hanno una visibilità molto, molto bassa, quindi logicamente eh, la maggior parte delle persone, soprattutto fuori Europa, eh, non, sapeva chi, non sapeva chi io fossi e cosa potessi fare. Quindi sì, era una cosa che comunque mi aspettavo, una cosa che sapevo. Aggiungo anche qualcos'altro perché va bene. She was expecting not to be uh, known, but we, we cannot say that when you see the nominations, you don't go search and think about, okay, What's going on? Mm. What is that? So, yes, probably the audience didn't know about, about Carola, but the, the competitors probably... Probably knew. knew. Do you feel... Yeah. Does she feel like... Because there's... I've, I've, I've heard athletes say, when you're an underdog and people expect someone else to win... It's not the worst thing in the world because you don't have to carry that pressure. You're like, okay, mm -hmm. good. Let them, let them carry that pressure. And you can have your self-belief and be like, I know what I'm bringing. Um, if everyone else doesn't know, okay. Let, and if everyone else is picking somebody else to win, 
they're the one who has that pressure of carrying that into it. I'll just go about my business and do my day. Um, did she feel like that walking into the world championships that, you know, maybe people weren't looking her way, but it was a good thing that she didn't have to carry that pressure? Or did she walk into the world championships more like, you know what, I almost feel slighted. I almost feel like I want to prove to everybody because I feel like I should have got more attention leading into this. So I'm going to make a point of it. Ti dice quella quel discorso del dell'arrivare da dietro di essere un outsider, diciamo, no? E ti chiede se tu in quella circostanza lì hai provato la la sensazione o il desiderio che insomma di provare a tutti quanto valessi e di farti conoscere da, da tutti. Allora, sì, io sapevo di essere eh, considerata, diciamo, l'outsider, perché comunque mh, non ero conosciuta, perché era il mio primo mondiale eh, open, e quindi mh, sapevo questo. Al tempo stesso però per me quella gara era una sorta di dentro-fuori, se vogliamo, perché comunque eh, in Italia non ho la possibilità di fare tut tutti gli anni i mondiali e infatti l'anno precedente non c'era stato modo, nonostante io avessi voluto partecipare chiaramente eh, con tutta me stessa. Quindi in realtà sentivo la pressione di fare bene, nonostante, nonostante non fossi la, la favorita, perché sapevo che era la mia grande possibilità, eh, sapevo di poter vincere e sapevo che era la mia grande possibilità di eh, farmi conoscere e dire ok, Um, questi chili lei li può fare realmente anche su una gara su una pedana internazionale come un mondiale so the, the pressure was high actually but uh, not because of the uh, you know of the being an outsider an underdog like you said that was because we have not that many chances to go abroad and compete and we Uh, we worked hard to get this this that world championship and we knew that it, it won't be easy to get another one mm. for how the things work here in Italy so that was the, the main reason for the pressure but I remember us talking about the fact that we could to to keep the the anxiety low uh, the night before We were talking about that and we were thinking about the fact that we could only win. We could not lose. Because we were not there to win, let's say. Right. No, I know what you mean. Where it's like, if people build up the other person a lot, it's like, look, if I even give a good showing and just make it close, people will pat me on the back and be like, hey, wow, good for you. That was close. <laughs> You know, if I actually win, oh my God, I, you know, it's almost, you could build it up where you can't, you can't lose, like you said. And then you can have another situation where if everyone expects you to win, when you, uh, you know what, there's, there's, a net, there's a Netflix documentary on the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan, okay? And he was actually talking very much about this, where leading, in, leading into his first world championships, you win And uh, first, you you know, you struggle and you build, you build, you build. And then when you win, it's celebration. Everyone's like, oh, my God, we did it. And then you win again. And everyone's like, oh, my God, we did it back to back. We're winning and it's celebrating. By the time you get to the third championship and people expect you to win, 
when you win, it's not a celebration, it's a relief. Does that make sense? Where you're like, if people expect you to win, when you win, they're like, well, good, but I expected that of you. As opposed to, if no one expects you to win and you win, it's a celebration. Like, oh my God, you did it. You know, so it is, and it's still, it's the same scenario. It's just the buildup leading into it. So I know what you mean where it's like, Let's let's keep it low key. Let's 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 just fly under the radar and let other people handle it. Um, but I also realized so before she won, did Italy have a world champion yet, or was she the first world champion in the classic for Italy? Allora, prima abbiamo parlato sempre un po' di quel discorso lì eh, del del fatto che comunque una volta che vinci un mondiale tutti festeggiano, bravo, dai. Secondo mondiale che vinci, bene o male la stessa cosa, dal terzo mondiale in poi non è più una, eh, un celebrare la vittoria, ma è quasi un, un sollievo, no? Mm-hmm. Perché c'è la pressione certo. di dove vinci. E invece adesso ha chiesto se prima qualcuno avesse vinto un mondiale o se sei la prima ad aver vinto un mondiale di qualsiasi tipo mm. in Italia, non no, credo. No, sono, sono stata la prima a vincere sicuramente nel, nel powerlifting classic e credo anche nell'attrezzato. Perché... Però nella divisione open. Open, open, sì. Eh. Sì, sì, sì. So in the, in the, in the classic, classic powerlifting, she was the first to win a an open world mm. championship we have um, a master champion female uh, we have juniors we have uh, master. Master. it's everything yeah yeah <laughs> so first female first people to win a classic oh first person oh wow man or woman yeah wow both that's big so the day of the competition in sweden when she knows you know it's gonna be tight you know you got people like sam you got people like leah and you know right up to the very last deadlift sam is gonna load the bar for the win and you know this you know whatever the deadlift is she's gonna load it so when you wake up when she wakes up and it's the morning of the world championships, and here we are. We're all all a go. And she shows up at the arena, and there's you know the media team with all the cameras. There's all the different nations. There's the U.S. team. There's the French team, and the people in the stands. How is she feeling? Come ti sentivi la mattina della gara quando hai visto insomma tutti gli avversari, le squadre, le telecamere? Diciamo che ho da questo punto di vista un rapporto un po' particolare con l'ansia perché tendo ad essere molto tranquilla fino diciamo, a, alla mattina, al giorno precedente. Poi nel momento in cui entro nel posto di gara eh, diventa l'agitazione a mille. Però essendo cosciente che eh, rendo molto meglio nelle gare in cui sono tranquilla ho cercato di mantenere la calma il più possibile. E però ecco l'agitazione era molta e avevo paura di tutto in pratica, avevo paura di non stare bene, avevo paura di sbagliare, avevo paura di tutto, di ogni cosa e poi una volta che è cominciata, che comunque mi sentivo in forma e stavo bene, è andata un po' in discesa, ecco. So she is, uh, usually, she usually is really calm until the, the very last minutes before the competition and then she starts yeah. <laughs> exploding, you know? <laughs> And yeah. 
and she fears obviously failing and not doing well. But then she she calmed down and and everything went let's say okay, but that was not everything okay that day. Really? Uh, yeah. Really? So what happened then? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Dice che adesso perché io ho detto non è andata proprio benissimo. Sì, diciamo che eh, comunque l'aver vinto è stata sicuramente una gioia immensa, però non, ero, non sono stata soddisfatta comunque di... Cioè, volevo portare più chili, comunque ho fallito la terza di banca, ho fallito la terza di stacco e chiaramente... Cioè, non mi aspettavo di vincere con quel totale lì. Se mi immaginavo una vittoria, me la immaginavo con un... Pensavo servisse, se, se, se servisse un totale più alto, servissero più chili. Quindi in realtà poi... Nonostante la vittoria, diciamo, è, è rimasto quel, quella mare in bocca, ecco. We failed the third bench and third deadlift, and that's the point. We, we used to think that more, far more than 500 were needed to, to win mm. that competition. We also knew that we could have far more than 500 that day but it wasn't it wasn't like this it, it wasn't like the plans mm -hmm. so uh, she's not she was not she was not fine with that but you know wins she win. won, so. yeah, you win. <laughs> you're like well i'll take it <laughs> i'll take it <laughs> i guess I'll so. <laughs> it's um and it is funny that so often we tell ourselves when we project in our heads the numbers that are going to be needed to win. And then when you actually show up there, it isn't always the way you thought it was going to be. You know, it's, you in reality, you just need enough. You just need enough. And that's a weird thing to say, but it's true. On their best day, on Sam's best day, on Corolla's best day, on Leah's best day, they can hit certain numbers. That's good. But when it's international travel, international judges, you got to cut weight, things happen, yeah. people miss a lift, you just need to do what you got, you throw away the numbers all of a sudden, you're like, we're just playing to win, we're not playing for personal bests, we're not playing for anything else, right, and it's however yeah. it unfolds, that's sports, really, right, where, where you just throw away the nominations on any given day, anybody can win, um, yeah, during it, from home, for, <laughs> that's right, well, yeah, as it were, um, During the day, so her expectations going into it, did she think we're going to win or was it kind of like whatever happens, happens? What was her expectations going in? Quel giorno ti aspettavi di vincere oppure ci sei andata come di... come va va? Volevo vincere e sapevo di poter vincere. Quindi diciamo non era un eh, se succede un miracolo vinco. Ok, quindi eh, sapevo di poterlo fare, sapevo di avere le carte in regola per poterlo fare. Chiaramente serviva un po' di fortuna come, come in tutte le gare, e in questo caso c'è stata, però non posso dire di, di, non, di non averlo pensato, o comunque di non averci puntato. She said like this, I wanted to win, I knew I could win. And I tried my best and I did. That, that's what she said. We knew that she needed a bit of, a, of luck, like everybody, like you said before. Yeah. But at the end of the road, 
it went like this. So, so good. Yeah. Is it, did the feeling in Italy, because Italy did not have a, a classic open world champion, men or women, um, was the, did she, was the feeling in Italy that she could be the first leading into it? Was there talk like that? And did she hear that kind of talk? And there was a bit of like a confidence level in Italy that, okay, this could be the first one. There was a, what? Um, Sorry. It, it, it was the feeling in Italy that leading into this world championships, she could be the first world champion for Italy because Italy had not had a, a women's Absolutely, or men's. Yes. Really? So they were, in Italy, it was kind of like, look, she could be the first. It was like soccer. Oh. It was like soccer. <laughs> oh, wow. So what kind, when she feels that, does that put pressure on her? Like, because she's, then she's, a lot of times, it, you're, lift, you're lifting with your nation on your chest. It says Italy, it's got the Italian flag. I get that. Same with the U.S. It says USA, you got the American flag. Cool. But this is what happens sometimes in certain nations, Okay. If you're from a nation like America, where they have tons of, if it's the Olympics, they have tons of Olympic champions, they got tons of world champions. So you're, if you're a world champion in the U.S., good, but they have a lot of champions from different sports. Whereas when you're, same with Canada, when you're from Canada, if you're going to be a world champion, you're from Canada, we're like, you're you're our boy, you're our girl, we got you. Like, we all get behind you when that happens. It happened in, um, I've used this example before on the podcast, but in the Olympics, um, we had Donovan Bailey, who was a sprinter in track and field, 100 meters. And when he won, national icon, he couldn't walk into a restaurant and and pay for a meal. You know what I mean? Like, he was that guy. You don't go to a bar and buy a beer. That's it, for life. So, so it's, it's different when you're from a nation that doesn't have a lot of world champions. The, the pressure and everything that, that might be levied on you walking into it. So I was just wondering if leading into the worlds, did that at all play a factor for her when she's thinking, holy moly, this is, this is bigger than me. You know, this is, this is for our sport in Italy. There's some expectations. Did she feel pressure like that? Or did she just push that aside and she's like, like it's out of my control? Hai capito? Bene o male, cioè, allora, sentivi detto... la pressione del fatto sì. che potevi essere la prima, no? In un paese come sì. il nostro, in cui non è che ci sono tantissimi campioni olimpici mm-hmm. o del mondo. Sì, diciamo che la pressione c'è perché comunque poi le persone, eh, prima che vai in gara, ti cominciano a mandare messaggi come se fosse la loro salvezza praticamente nella vita se vogliamo esagerare quindi eh, porta in alto il nome dell'Italia eh, vinci anche per noi dimostra che anche noi possiamo vincere qualcosa eccetera quindi un po' di pressione c'è però in parte in, nel mio piccolo diciamo che sono stata sempre abituata a questa cosa perché da quando ho cominciato praticamente sono stata se vogliamo la più forte in Italia quindi un po' a tutte le gare chiaramente questa era la gara più importante quindi c'era più pressione quindi sì, chiaramente la sentivo, però sono più preoccupata per me stessa che per la pressione degli altri, sinceramente. <laughs> so she was she felt the pressure, but she said she had her own pressure which was definitely higher. Really? Than the others, yeah. Yeah. So nothing nothing crazy. It's like soccer, like I said before. Because, you know, we have a lot of people loving her and other people 
not loving her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got you. Because it's, you know, oftentimes I find like, if I'm just competing for myself or whatever I'm doing just for myself, it's okay. It's just for me. I'll try to, I can compartmentalize that in my mind, if that makes sense. I don't know if that translates the same, but if there's, if it's for other people, you get worried about letting other people down. It's hard letting, if you feel like you let someone down or a bunch of people down, that's difficult for me anyways. I'm like, ah, oh, damn. Like if it's just me, I just get the win or I just get the loss, it's one thing. But if it's other people who are like, I know, this, this would mean a lot. Then it becomes, that's when I'm like, oh man, now I'm feeling a little pressure. Now, now if I don't do it, it's like, oh man, how do I face these people? You know, you got to like think of a motivational quote in your next Instagram post to be like, don't worry guys, we got this. You know, it's a little bit different, but um, if you can avoid the pressure, it's good. Now, obviously she won. After she wins it, and they're putting the gold medal around her neck and she realizes that's it. I just became Italy's first open classic world champion. What was she thinking? What was she feeling? Come ti sei sentita dopo che hai vinto? Allora, in realtà ho avuto una reazione un po' particolare che non mi aspettavo io in primis, eh, perché nei primi momenti sono stata chiaramente contenta, mi sono messa a piangere, ci siamo messi a piangere, eh, insomma, sono stata molto felice. Però poi tra l'amaro in bocca del fatto che, eh, anche se sembra stupido però, di non aver portato, di non aver fatto tutti i chili che avevo in mente, e c'è stato un senso di smarrimento del quando raggiungi un obiettivo che praticamente sogni da quattro anni, quindi un po' che vivi per quella cosa, e, e per quanto limitatamente possa essere, um, possa essere una piccola parte della vita, e, e poi il giorno dopo dici ok, adesso però cioè, che faccio, cioè, nel senso adesso ho vinto e mi, mi sento un po' persa, come se mi mancasse qualcosa, poi nei mesi successivi me la, comunque me la sono goduta, cioè comunque spesso ci, ci ripensavo, mi riguardavo i video, è stata comunque un'emozione grandissima. Obviously uh, she was happy, we were happy to the bone, we cried, you know, you know what, yeah. <laughs> but the reaction was not, was strange, was, was kind of strange because she almost immediately started to be um, upset, almost uh, lost, because uh, she was saying, I felt like what I was uh, aiming for, what I had been aiming for in, in five years before, uh, was there. So I, I got it. What now? What, what, what to do now? What's up now? What's happening now? You know what? It's, it's funny you said that. I've, I, I don't know. I'm a big boxing fan, okay? And there's a guy called Tyson Fury. He's the heavyweight champion of the world now. And his, his name is Tyson because when he was born, his father literally named him after Mike Tyson, okay? So his father was a huge boxing fan. And his whole life, he was going to be a boxer, And, he, and it was like he was destined to be the heavyweight champion of the world. He was literally named after the heavyweight champion of the world when he was born. So he was fighting up the ranks and he had that goal. And he's like, I'm going to get there one day. And, you know, you're, you're fighting, you whip the ranks. You get your big title fight. It's on pay-per-view. 
He won the world. He won, became the heavyweight champion of the world, fulfilled his destiny. Now he's young, he's rich, he's famous, he's the heavyweight champion, he's got it all. And then he said, exactly that happened. What now? And this weird feeling of sadness, only for him it was because it was so much more augmented and bigger, right? Because it's boxing and money and fame, everything. He said he actually went into a severe depression where he was like, what I don't know what what am I doing now? This was all this was what I was gunning for all this time, yeah. and now I got it. And now it's kind of like, and it doesn't change who you are. You wake up the next day, you still feel who you, how you felt. So it's not going to change everything. So you're like, what, what does this mean? And he went through like, I mean, he he was he 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 didn't fight for another four years. Um, he just had to like find himself basically. And then he came back after severe depression and drug use and everything. This isn't going to happen to Corolla, by the way. This is a bad segue. I just realized. <laughs> but, <laughs> it was but, not. Yeah, yeah. Not quite that. Not quite that. This is a bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he got he, over it. He got over it, came back. Ah, yeah. He and now, and now he's a champion again. And he won it all over again. And he said, it's different now. Because I realize it's about the journey and not the destination. It's about on my way up there, living the moment and not when I get it. It's more like just appreciate the little things like going on podcasts or people reaching out being like, oh, you're an inspiration to me. You know, this really helped my, when when I'm starting out, I look up to you, things like that. So you appreciate it. Um, So now that she's won and she won and she had that feeling, she goes home. How was the reception when she went back to Italy with their friends, with everybody else? Was it different? What, what was the reception like? Come è stato, cioè come sei stata accolta al ritorno dal mondiale? Come è stata la, la percezione, diciamo, di questa vittoria? Sì, Qui. diciamo che in realtà sono stata molto contenta anche per questo, perché comunque poi pochi giorni, poche settimane dopo ho fatto i campionati trials qui in Italia, quindi nel mondo del powerlifting qui in Italia e tutti che si sono congratulati e foto, abbracci, insomma e vai, si è vinto quindi è è stato comunque bello poi abbiamo fatto una festa con gli amici tutti molto contenti in pratica erano quasi più contenti loro che io in quel momento se vogliamo dirla tutta a lot of people way happier than than Carola in that moment because of the of the fact that we talked about mm. a few minutes ago uh, a lot of people uh, asking for pictures and and everything you know uh, the the funny thing is that she had to uh, qualify two weeks later yeah for the national <laughs> championship and that was <laughs> really <laughs> could she be was... like could she be like you guys know who i am right <laughs> i'm quality i'm good wow it it, it um it's funny because after moments like that and people are, are like very happy for you And then you start realizing all the people that were rooting for you and what it means to them is a little bit different now because when she put it this way, 
I, you know, I'm using Mike Tyson as, as another example, but um, this happens to other athletes as well. Right before their big match, and, and this is why boxing works as a good analogy because it's not a team sport and it's you win in one day. Whereas other sports, team sports, and it's a series of seven games, the best of seven, etc. But I like the boxing analogies because it's an individual sport and you win in one day. And he said something that he was anxious about. It wasn't just about winning and losing, but he knew because he was confident he was going to win, but he's also scared because he knew after he won, it wasn't going to be the same after that. He would, he would no longer be able to be showing up and people aren't looking his way. They're looking at someone else. The pressure's on someone else. Um, you know, it, after, after that day happens, he is now the guy. Everybody's gunning for him. Everybody knows who he is. Uh, there's expectations because he's already won. And he's like, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel with that. I wasn't sure how that was going to feel, right? Things are different now. Does she, after she won, and it wasn't just in Italy, but all the powerlifting now knows Corolla Gara. Everybody knows. People are following her on Instagram. We're doing podcasts, talking about her, like all the time. And we do recap shows, we do reposts, and things change. And then the SBD Invitational with Sheffield comes, and she's invited. And now everybody knows her face, everybody knows her name, right? Yeah. Um, is it, does it feel different now? Because leading into Sweden, how she said there was no pressure, it was on other people, that's gone, right? Is it different okay. now that she's won? Dice, dopo, insomma, mm-hmm. dopo il mondiale, dopo quello che è successo, yeah. adesso che ti conoscono tutti, mm-hmm. il percorso com'è? È diverso rispetto a prima? Cioè, il fatto che tutti ti conoscono, che adesso, insomma, sei stata invitata pure a Sheffield, mm-hmm. eh, SBD... Mm-hmm. Capito. Eh. E, diciamo che, per quanto riguarda la motivazione, il... Il, fa- il voler fare bene eh, negli allenamenti, nella preparazione, quindi per arrivare eh, in forma il più possibile a una gara, in realtà non è cambiato molto perché ehm, sono comunque sempre stata ehm, molto, tra virgolette, brava in questo, cioè cerco sempre di, eh, di impegnarmi il più possibile, quindi mh, di tirare fuori il massimo anche quando le gare erano meno importanti, anche quando magari non mi conosceva nessuno. Sicuramente dovessi fare un altro mondiale che poi ci sarebbe dovuto essere tra poco, magari avrei avuto più pressione rispetto al mondiale scorso perché comunque eh, a quel punto hai comunque un'aspettativa maggiore, sai che tutti quanti ti conoscono e quindi eh, magari si aspettano che vinci o comunque si aspettano tanto da te. So nothing of what she likes about powerlifting has changed because she likes the process. So she likes training and preparing the, the competition. Mm-hmm. She used to do her best before and she's doing her best now. So nothing different. Mm-hmm. For sure, being known will be, will be different at the time of another world championship. Right, yeah. But now we don't know. Isn't it weird how it's true with powerlifting, you can be a world champion, you go to the grocery store, and people don't know who you are because it's powerlifting, right? But when you show up at the world championships or you show up at like powerlifting events, everybody's going to know who you are now, which is different. 
right? People are like, can I get a picture? Can I, oh my God, let me talk to you. Whereas before it wasn't like that. And your day-to-day life, it's not like that. Powerlifting is like unique like that, where for like those two weeks at the World Championships, everything's going to be different. Probably is even better because if you're like an, an actor or, or a boxing world champion, right? Yeah, you have a you, you do not leave yeah, you like can't. other humans in powerlifting. You just are a champ, a world champion, and when you go in inside powerlifting contexts, you are who you are. But when you get back home. You're just you. Right, yeah. Normal life is better. It, it's um, watching the same documentary series about the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. He says just that. There was a campaign in the 90s and it was like, be like Mike. And that's what Nike was like. I want to be like Mike. I want to be like Mike. And there's like a song to it. And then all the commercials and all these little kids were singing, I want to be like Mike. And then they showed what it's actually like to be Michael Jordan. And he would leave um, his hotel room, media everywhere, and he could. He had to like rush into a car, put things up on the window so people don't look in. And if he's gonna buy shoes or buy something, they have to empty the store. Then he goes in, gets what he wants, rush into the car. If you want to go out to a restaurant, you can't. Everybody in the restaurant's coming at you to your table, yeah. and he was. He would just. He'd be like, I don't want to do it because I don't want to be on the spot. <laughs> He's like, I don't want you, you're not comfortable. You know when you're eating food, if everyone's watching you put food in your mouth and chew, you're like, this is uncomfortable, man. So yeah. he would just order the food and go back to his hotel room alone because you're in a hotel room. And he's like, I'm, it's kind of like isolation lockdown, what we're doing now. We have a bit of a preview now because we're like all in isolation lockdown where we can't leave our house. And we're like, man, I feel weird. I can't leave my house and it's affecting me. And it's watching the documentary while in isolation lockdown, you start getting it. I remember when I was younger, I'm like, yeah, but it can't be that bad to be rich and famous. But you don't realize what isolation can do to you. When you can't leave your house, you can't leave your apartment, you just can't go to the store, you just can't do the little things, you don't realize what it would act, it actually would affect you. And now, like the whole population knows what it feels like. And you're like, yeah, all right. It wouldn't, it's not the same. I think- How are you doing there with the- uh, I mean, we, I think some pieces of Canada are coming out of lockdown. Same with the U.S. Some parts are coming out of lockdown. There's, there's, the cases of Corona are going down, but um, we're, we're still, I mean, there's, I'm working from home. People are just working from home and, you know, there's no restaurants, there's no bars, no sports bars. You can go for walks. There's no gyms. There's no, you know, coffee shops, stuff like that. No stores. You order something and you could pick it up at the storefront. But you don't go in the store. Uh, stuff like that. It's not normal. And, yeah, and, almost and, the same here. Is it? And everyone has masks and gloves. And if you don't wear a mask, people look at you funny. It's it's not normal <laughs> yet, man. It's uh, yeah. And I don't know if we're going to go back to normal or what normal is going to be like on the other side of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I remember still when um, Corolla put out the SBD notice when she's like she had to pull out. And I remember that was like the week before it was canceled. And we were all in North America. We didn't know how bad it was really in Europe. You hear about it. 
you don't know because it's you're not experiencing it. It's nothing like yeah. it's nothing like in history that we'd ever seen. So you couldn't wrap your head around how bad it was. So when she put that video saying, I can't go. It's impossible. I can't go. We were like, oh my God, really? We're like, this is crazy. And we had no idea a week later, like nobody was going anywhere. Like nobody was going anywhere. Right? Uh, but she knew. So when, when that was, when, when the SPD Invitational was being put together and she was invited, how excited was she when she saw the money, when she saw it was all the stars and she saw her face on the poster? What was that like? Eh, per la cosa di Sheffield, eh. come, come ti sei sentita sì, lì no, dei soldi? Ero... Tutto. ero sicuramente al settimo cielo, cioè, mi sembrava bellissimo, eh, perché comunque era la, la, la prima gara di questo, di questo genere e io ero stata invitata, quindi diciamo per una serie di eventi fortunati eh, sarei dovuta essere lì, quindi era, è, è stato bellissimo. Eh, per quanto riguarda, quindi già era bellissimo perché comunque c'erano tutti i campioni, diciamo, quindi per me era, era comunque un'emozione poter stare una settimana con loro, comunque parlare, confrontarci, conoscerci e per i soldi sicuramente ero molto contenta perché eh, diciamo per quanto riguarda il powerlifting non ho praticamente mai avuto modo di guadagnare nulla, anzi noi qui in Italia praticamente paghiamo tutto, eh, comprese i viaggi, le, le trasferte per fare le gare internazionali, le gare in Italia, quindi paghiamo tutto, quindi era sicuramente un modo per avere dietro qualcosa da, dal punto di vista economico. E, diciamo era un sogno, infatti poi è rimasto, è rimasto tale. <laughs> She was, we were totally amazed about that, uh, about the fact that, be, you know, being with all of, of the champions for a week and you know talking to the other guys in, in the sport and all the interviews and the event money yeah money good good money yeah. good because we <laughs> we don't get anything from well. uh, from powerlifting here in Italy and we We pay everything. We pay for uh, going abroad. She pays everything, the hotel, the, the flight, and everything. So that was a, a dream which did not come true. So, right. Not yet. Not yet, right? Could still. Yeah. Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. We'll see. <laughs> is it now that she is the world champion? Um, And, and now everybody knows who she is, so probably following her and checking out what she's doing. She's not going to fly under the radar, so to speak, uh, at this time around. Is she? Does she follow her competitors? And and how does she like leading? I know the world championships. It's kind of a weird question because we don't know if the world championships is going to happen. Mm. But is she following other people and seeing what they're doing and paying attention to who might be on the way up? Or, or obviously, you know, Sam, Leah, and see what they're doing and watching their, their training? Or is she kind of like, look, I don't, I'm just going to focus on myself. I don't want to see it. Because some people, I've, I've heard both. I've heard some people, um, like I've had Kimberly Walford on, and she's like, oh, yeah, I watch everybody. You, you don't get, you, you're not going to slip under my radar. I see you coming. And uh, other people I've had on, and they're like, I don't want to know. 
I don't even want to. I'll let my coaches. I'll let my coaches watch so they know what to expect and they can make a game plan. But I don't need to see that. How does she approach it? Come hai mezzo capito, giusto? Ah, dice come, come te la vivi, mo, anche se non sappiamo quando sarà il prossimo mondiale, in genere come te la vivi la preparazione relativamente al fatto che puoi vedere eh, altre persone, no? le, due, mm-hmm. le due avversarie che comunque si preparano e vedi sui social quello che fanno perché c'è gente che dice no io non voglio vedere niente oppure c'è gente che dice tipo la Wolford che dice insomma io vedo tutti <ride> io sì, te no, vedo io... No? Uh-huh. no io sono, sono in primis molto curiosa proprio mm. in generale come, come, come persona quindi mi piace vedere tenere sott'occhio tutto tenere sotto controllo tutto quindi eh, preferisco vedere che non vedere mi dà, mi dà tranquillità vedere piuttosto che non vedere e quindi c'è cioè, una cosa che mi piace a volte crea un po' d'ansia chiaramente però Penso di essere abbastanza brava a sfruttarla in positivo, cioè a mh, usarla per, per, come, come, come motivazione piuttosto che come ansia, oddio è più forte di me, oddio non ce la faccio. She's so curious, so she wants to see and she sees and probably at the end of the road everybody sees what's happening or knows what's happening in the world and that causes a little bit of anxiety for sure but it's also something that gives you the motivation you need to mm-hmm. to go yeah john john hack said we had a showdown with brett gibbs and he was like i thought i was doing good and then i saw what brett gibbs was doing and i was like shit i better work a little harder. <laughs> and, uh, like he ended up winning, but still he said, yeah, it was, it was both. It was anxiety, but motivation at the same time. It's stress isn't always bad. Sometimes yeah. stress makes you do better. And, and that's just the way it is. It's the good and the yeah. bad at the same time. Um, just, yeah. You were saying that everyone kind of sees what's going to happen, but I've heard some lifters don't always show their top lifts. Some lifters will, there'll be a couple big ones they hit in training and they're like, I'm going to keep that so people don't see that coming. Does Corolla show everything or does she keep a couple lifts and she's like, maybe we don't show that video. Maybe they don't know my top bench or my top squat just so they can't game plan. Dice se tu ti tieni qualcosa per te o fai vedere tutto? No, ci sono stati sicuramente video, prestazioni diciamo più che altro vicine alle gare importanti che magari ho preferito non, non pubblicare, però durante la preparazione più o meno le cose più, più di rilievo o comunque più importanti le mostro, quindi le siamo più che altro vicino alla competizione magari. Sometimes... Uh near the, the competition so in the last weeks few weeks two weeks three weeks uh, it's happened that she had not posted something mm. but just for strategy uh, the rest of the year she just posts when she she goes up uh, at the gym she she posts it Yeah, it kind of is what it is, right? Moving forward, what are some of her goals? Both 
with her lifts, some of the goals maybe she might have, as well as, uh, I mean, we were talking about Michael Jordan, how he he won several titles and he wanted to kind of make that dynasty. Um, mm. And she said she, she looked up to Jen Thompson. And Jen Thompson obviously broke world records and won several world titles and had a good run as well. What are some of the goals for her future now that she's already won? You know, and she got it. She's like, wasn't it? It's not over. You know, we got more work to do. What are, what yeah. are some of her new goals that she has? Quali sono i tuoi obiettivi? Anche se adesso hai vinto il mondiale, c'è avuto quel periodo di... Sì, sì diciamo che quel periodo in realtà non è, non è stato dovuto al fatto che mi sono sentito arrivata, perché eh, diciamo che sapevo che vincere un mondiale non significa eh, essere arrivata in questo sport, perché eh, comunque un mondiale diciamo, lo vincono tanti, si può dire, no? Cioè succede comunque che molte persone vincono un mondiale, quindi mh, mi piacerebbe sicuramente vincere più mondiali, e fin tanto che farò il powerlifting equipped anche lì vincere i World Games e, e poi chiaramente resta l'obiettivo di prendere il record di banca eh, di Jennifer Thompson eh, che comunque è quello attualmente diciamo eh, un po' più lontano se vogliamo perché alla fine il record totale una volta ce l'ho io, una volta ce l'ha qualcun altro, però comunque è una cosa che, che, che si fa eh, un po' più facilmente rispetto al record di banca. As you may imagine, uh, winning other worlds, winning the world games and getting the, the bench press uh, world record, uh, for sure, uh, what was interesting in what she said is that a lot of people, uh, you know, win a world championship. If you win a world championship, you're not some someone special. You gotta win more world championship. You uh-huh. have um, quanti quante categorie ci sono nel? You have seven weight classes. So every year, seven women and eight men win a world championship right right a world title yeah so she's like i need more it's not yeah. enough still mm-hmm. hungry still hungry hey yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly the the jen thompson bench press world record that's a record that like in some sports the record comes and people like nobody will ever beat that You know, it's one of those records where it's like, well, that's just going to be there forever. That's insane. Um, In baseball, the home run world record, the home run record lasted for like over 50 years. It was crazy. And then finally, the the home run record fell. Um, There's certain sports that have that. In powerlifting, the Jen Thompson bench press record was like, we we just assumed that's never going to fall. No, you know what I mean? It's true. We were all like, that's just not going to happen. That's going to be there forever. We'll be like 50 years, the, be- the bench press record's going to stay. Is it almost, it's almost inconceivable to think about, but is that like, how high up is that for her? Does she realize like that's, is that almost as big as winning another world record, world championship almost? I mean, what? Wh- How does she compare the two? The Jen Thompson world mm. record 
and the World Championships. Cioè, lui ha detto comunque il record è una cosa che uno no, sembra impossibile da, da prendere. E dice che come le compari tu le due cose, cioè vincere un mondiale e prendere il record della Thompson, cioè come, in che proporzione stanno? Beh, allora diciamo che probabilmente attualmente poi come è successo è più difficile prendere quel record che vincere, un, che vincere il mondiale perché eh, quando ho cominciato probabilmente avrei detto il contrario, cioè, anche che il record era più basso, però se ci pensi in assoluto pensi che sia forse è più facile prendere un record che vincere un mondiale e invece nel mio caso alla fine è il contrario perché quel record è praticamente eh, quasi irraggiungibile se vogliamo quindi anche per me nonostante sono molto giovane penso che sarà molto difficile e che non accadrà eh, tra pochissimo tempo e in realtà anche se è più difficile Penso che è più bello vincere un mondiale, penso che è più importante vincere mm. un mondiale, quindi vincere più mondiali piuttosto che prendere quel record. So most people uh, have world records, you know, normal world records. So right. you, you think about a world record and it is what it is. This kind of record, like you said, is not, not so normal. So no, sir. <laughs> absolutely absolutely harder to to get uh, it won't be it won't be soon we will try to to get it it won't be soon it will take time right but at the same time she said that winning a world title is in in her opinion is better than than the world record we, yeah Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's different, right? I agree, because sports are to be played, records are nice, but winning a sport and being the champion is what sports are about, you know? It's just, like yeah. you said, it's a little different when it's that record, because there's something about that record that's like, it's like, the, it's, it's the record everybody knows in, in every weight class. I, I don't know all the records in all the weight classes, everyone knows that record though, you know what I mean, where it's like special, Um, in terms of winning, who does she who does she think is probably the biggest threat? Is there anybody is there anybody that she's worried about, or, or is like oh I gotta worry about this person? Dice se eh, hai paura di qualcuno, se pensi che ci sia qualcuno che ti può battere. Sì, battere. Eh, per come sono messe adesso le cose, credo che sicuramente la la mia più diretta avversaria sia, sia Lia che è comunque in continuo miglioramento è probabilmente tra, tra noi tre del podio dell'ultimo mondiale quella che è migliorata di più quindi eh, diciamo che vedo lei quella attualmente più come più diretta avversaria ecco um, if you think about the podium at Worlds 2019 yep Between, among the three, probably or surely um, the French girl uh, is the one who has improved the most since that moment. So she has done better than Carola and then Sam. 
she actually looks at uh, Leah and uh, and probably Leah looks at her like it's normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. Listen, I got to take two minutes. I got to go wash them real quick. I'm going to take a two-minute washer break, okay? Okay. Okay, <laughs> one second. So it's interesting. So was she saying that she thinks um, Leah would be the favorite now that people would be picking? Quindi lei, lui ti sta chiedendo, pensi che adesso Leah sia la, la, la favorita dal popolo, diciamo? Cioè, eh... eh... Probabilmente, cioè, considerando che, che comunque attualmente lei ha, il record, ha il record totale, quindi sì, probabilmente sì. Penso che ci sarà una bella, una bella battaglia. Poi bisognerà vedere quando è la prossima gara. Comunque, tra quanto sarà la prossima gara. We think yes, and she thinks that it will be a nice battle. We'll see. Who knows when? But... So it's almost like going into Sweden all over again. Where even though she won, people are still looking at the other way, like someone else, right? Cioè, come ricominciare da capo stavolta, quindi, cioè, riandare in Svezia un'altra volta a fare il primo mondiale. Sì, probabilmente sì. Probably, yes. Does she think, would it be easier if she walked in there to a world championship, she was the favorite, and there was no one really there that she had to worry about. So there's no worry and she had it. Or is it better that it is so close and there is, there's anxiety because you don't know how you'll do. You don't know if you're going to win like that. But there's more competition. There's more storylines. There's more drama. Which does she prefer? Because in all honesty, I mean, sometimes I know for myself... I'm like, hey, if I could go win there and I just know I'm going to win, I'm like, it, there's no stress. And you're like, hey, you're going to win the world championship still. However, people don't care as much if there's not other people. It's necessary, right? Like, if it was just um, Corolla going in there and she's going to win, it's not as exciting for sports. But yeah. when it's like, oh my God, I don't know who's going to win. Flip a coin. It could be anybody on that day. Mm -hmm. Far more interesting but far more yeah. but far more stressful <laughs> right quale preferisci tra tra andare lì e sapere che comunque sei la favorita e vinci e invece andare e magari c'è c'è da combattersela no assolutamente il fatto di non essere Siamo a la... podcast romano assolutamente il fatto di non essere che non è sicuro che vinci alla fine cioè quando vai e sei sicuro di... che vinci anche se involontariamente ci vai con un mood un po' diverso, ti alleni in un modo un po' diverso probabilmente, quindi sì, assolutamente il fatto di, di andare lì e giocarsela. She's for the sport, so she's for the sport. Yeah. She wants, a, she wants competitors and she wants to, to fight because of the, uh, of the road you, you run to the, the competition will be better run. Right. Yeah, if you, only when you feel pressure, are you going to dig a little deeper, right? Mm. You're going you're gonna to sacrifice, right, yeah. you're going to sacrifice more. And then the victory itself is a lot sweeter when you're like, oh, wow, that was a good battle. I did. Right? Mm -hmm. um, do, do you guys coach? Do you guys coach people? Che Yeah, we do. How does anyone reach a, uh, Corolla or yourself if they want coaching? 
come, come ti, ti contattano, ti raggiungono se vogliono essere eh, allenati? Principalmente su Instagram. So Instagram through our, uh, our gym page, which is uh, Barbell Academy Roma. Okay. Is where we, we train, is our, our coach's gym. That's where we, we coach people, we and, train people. And, and what's Corolla's Instagram if someone wants to find her? Is she on YouTube as well? What, what social media is she on? She's on Instagram, she's on Facebook, but, but not, so, not so active on Facebook. Yeah. On YouTube, no, no, no nothing. You can find something from other people, but... Yeah. And, and what is her Instagram handle? Sorry? What's her on Instagram? How do they find her on Instagram? Carola Garra. Carola Garra. There it is. It, is there any sponsors, anybody that she wants to thank um, while we have her on? C'è qualche sponsor, qualcuno che vuoi ringraziare? Beh, diciamo nell'ultimo periodo sicuramente come ho già fatto su Instagram diverse volte ehm, SBD comunque mi ha fornito tutta l'attrezzatura dell'ultimo periodo in vista del, uh, di Sheffield che poi non è stato fatto ma io sto continuando comunque ad utilizzarla perché mi sono trovata benissimo quindi la continuo ad utilizzare per quanto riguarda il powerlifting attrezzato e invece mh, uh, Titan che uh, diciamo da ormai due anni mi fornisce tutta l'attrezzatura da quel punto di vista so she has the two uh, bosses of powerlifting she has uh, she's had Titan for two years now mm. for equip powerlifting and SBD since the nomination for the Sheffield mm. competition uh, she is using she's still using the that stuff because it's great absolutely great year and crazy crazy so absolutely SBD and Titan um, one question I always ask Everybody who comes on the show, when everything is all said and done, and she's an old lady, and she's looking back at her, her powerlifting career, how does she want to be remembered? Quando, insomma, sarai vecchia, mm -hmm. no? E guarderai indietro la tua carriera, mm -hmm. come vorrai essere ricordata? Beh, uh... Diciamo vorrei essere ricordata sicuramente come bah, una persona probabilmente pulita nel mondo dello sport, quindi eh, diciamo che eh, quello che ha fatto l'ha fatto con, con le sue forze, eh, diciamo senza, mh, comprom cioè senza compromessi, sì. insomma, da dicelo tu. E, mh, e poi probabilmente come una persona comunque conosciuta, non lo so, per aver vinto diversi mondiali, eh, così. She will, she will want to be uh, the symbol of clean sport, so no compromises, and for sure, for, for what she will hopefully win the future, which will be the past. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's it, my man. There it is. Listen, 
Um, it's been two hours. Thank you very much, both of you guys, for your time you. coming on the show. Um, we got a lot of people asking to get Corolla on the show. And um, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize you spoke English. So I, I thought it would be tougher. I was like, I got to find a translator. And this whole time, you could have just done this this whole time. Um, someone who wanted you on the show big time, who's actually a fan of yours, is Leah Bavla. She she was like, <laughs> she's, you could tell. Dice che insomma tanta gente ha chiesto domanda quello l'hai sentito poi ha detto che secondo lui alla fine la, la tua più grande fan è Lia ah sì dice comunque dei chat dei chat dei nuovi chat when he quando lei ha visto che facevo il podcast mi ha scritto che era che era contentissima when she saw the the story of the podcast with you today she was Super happy. Yeah. Super hyped. Yeah. See, Leah was actually looking for an Italian interpreter to get you on the show. Yeah. She, yeah, you could tell Corolla that. Yeah. She was like, she was like, I will find you an interpreter. I'm looking now for one. And she was asking for it. She's a good girl. Good girl. It's funny because she... She found someone because they're in France, right? So she's like, all right, I found someone who speaks Italian, but I don't know if they speak English. And I was like, <laughs> we're not going from Italian to French, French to English with three different interpreters, man. There's got to be an easier way. I hope my job has been Dude, you did, gr- you did great. You did great, man. It was, it was a good podcast. Much appreciated. And I'm happy because... Um, once I posted that Corolla was coming on the show, so many girls were like, thank you. I want to hear her story. I want to know what's going on there. You know, it's important to have people from around the world properly represented, right? So I'm glad yeah. you guys came on, got to say the story and, and your views from Italy. And, and thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Look at um, Stay healthy. Keep training. Good luck. And hopefully I see you at the World Championships. We wish the same for yeah. you. <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. I'll see you. See you later. Bye. Another episode. Carola Gara from Italy. And um, thank you to her boyfriend who interpreting there. It's not easy, man. Especially if, um, obviously, English is a second language. So you put on the spot, if you haven't done a podcast before, You can be a little nervous, and then on top of that, you're not speaking in your first language, and you got to do interpretation, so it's it's uh, much appreciated, and I hope you guys liked it, man. It's I, I want to get more international people on here so you hear their story. Sometimes it's a whole lot different. You know, the world's a big place, and the way you grow up, if you're coming from, you know, Russia, Belarus, Italy, UK, you know, places in Africa, Asia, we've had people on here from Iran. The Asia's strongest man going to the world championships or world's strongest man and um, coming out of Iran. Obviously, entirely different life growing up over there. And if I can get an interpreter and I got lucky with a dude who who could do the interpretation with the gentleman from Iran, uh, Paime, and um, obviously here with Corolla. And we've done it a few times. Man, I'm going to jump on it. You know, if you guys have somebody that you're like, I want to get this person on the podcast. I want to hear this story. Hasn't been told yet, but we need an interpreter. Link up. I'll do my best and and we'll make it happen. 
As usual, please subscribe, give us high ratings, tell your friends, take clips, put it on your Instagram stories. And until next time, six pack lap of that. Peace.